0: Washington, Clear, Southwest 8504. 8504. Uh, we, uh, we have our flight plan uh, have this thing? Welcome to Tellerotor RC. This is episode 13 titled, Starting a Heli Build. This is Robert Monty, and with me I have Michael Shaggy Parker. What's up, people? And Mike Grumpy DePaulo. I, it, <laughs> <laughs> I hope that sounded better on your end, <laughs> <Yeah>. DePaulo. <laughs> I mean, it's news. So. It sounds
1: like you're in a tin can.
0: Maybe because I am. He is in a tin can.
1: Well, it's aluminum and fiberglass, but close
0: enough. He's he's a bum down by the river. Yeah.
1: That or in the mystery machine.
0: Um well the mystery machine is what you drive. Yep. Yep. And he's got the Yeah, I'm not going there.
1: Um <laughs> I don't know where you're taking that to, but okay.
0: <laughs> okay, uh well I guess the first thing is uh uh to go through what we've done since the last time we recorded.
1: This is going to be so hard to make it so quick.
0: Am I going to go first? Yeah, I guess I'll go first. Okay. Well, since the last recording we did at the end of August, I have uh, trolled the hell out of Verizon because um, they failed horribly with my FIO service. And I didn't have FIO service for like 30 days because, well, they failed. I fixed that and uh, went to Comcast.
1: Just letting you know. I haven't had Fios in 23 years.
0: Yeah, you kind of ever. We get it. <laughs> and that's why Mike and I were sitting here waiting for you this whole time. Um.
1: <laughs> exactly, because I'm in my truck five miles down the road so I can get self-service.
0: Yeah. Uh, I attended the Fall Holly Modown in Virginia. Had a lot of fun. I had to, uh, had to dip out on Saturday and go to my boss's house for a party. Um, I took all my heli gear with me and actually buddy boxed uh, two kids there, two young guys. Uh, I think they're 13 to 15 years old. They had a lot of fun. And, uh, yeah, he's got a big chunk of property uh, way out way – or not way out west, but heading west from my house from uh, in Virginia. He's up against the mountains, so it was pretty cool. Um, past that, you know, just, uh, just been flying and uh, getting ready for competition in October, going down to Florida for um, – that's about all I got going on. Shaggy Govy Puke What do you got? Uh, let's
2: see, I guess because I skipped to What was it? Mowdown happened That was fun I sent the gowie into the beans Fished it out Put a new boom on it Because it had five dents And five is too many Four is flyable Fixed <laughs> that uh, I, noticed
0: the, I noticed the boom Was stabbed into the ground Next to the tire On your tin can
2: Yes, it's a marker of the majesty of my flying style when flying in my side yard of beans. <laughs> it, it shows I have the, the chutzpah to go balls deep. <laughs> What's also happened with the 5.56, so I spent an hour cleaning bean paste out of all my gears. I, f- I forgot about that the last time I did that much bean flying.
0: Uh nice. I just watched your Friday night, dude, with the five five six. It was rah, and then it cut off and you know there, and crack!
2: There we go. <laughs> That's the first time in what is it, seven years I've ever had a regulator fall off. That was cool.
0: <laughs> that landing gear that landing gear popped with force. Yeah. Considering it was a skyjacker mod.
2: Right?
0: One <laughs> uh, left out of the
2: good skids in the world now. I thought you already broke those uh with your E five. Oh, I have a whole bag of those skids.
0: Uh, I think I set him up with a set during that weekend.
2: Yeah, no, I went and bought a ton of them. Oh, by the way, you still
1: have my skids. You took my skids. what skids? That's, that's what happened to my, my, my E7 skids? You got I'll, them now.
2: Well, come get a set because I've got a pile of them. I went nuts. Cool. Matt's probably wondering why I'm buying all these.
1: <laughs> Jackhammer. He's the new Jackhammer.
0: Right. So um, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to sabotage his regulator every flight now.
2: Yes. Please, no. <laughs> I enjoy my 100 flight sprees of nothing happening and then dump stuff. The so regulator. It's great. Yeah, it's a lot of confidence. Wow. And uh, besides that, yeah, building a plane. So that's cool. Another one.
0: No, this is this is building a different plane after the plane you've been flying has been smashed.
2: I mean, if we if we're talking digger. He considers that a cartwheeling smash where there's a debris field 200 feet long.
0: Yeah, your debris field didn't really debris field much, but it did It did end that plane's flying for the day, and you have since sold it. Oh, you did, did I sell, I sell it? it? I thought you sold the uh, pilot.
2: Oh, no, that's just sitting at the home. He wants me to buy it. No, I just told him he could have it. But the condition is he has to actually put something in it and fly it. I don't support hoarders. <laughs>
1: Wait, are you talking about me or someone else? Anybody. Ah,
2: (laughs) Digger's a hoarder. He does that. He just buys jets, piles them up, and then brags about how he has all of them. And then fly them, and then crashes at the end. Yeah, occasionally they crash.
0: He brings one each. He brings one like one one month, one one week in the month to smash.
2: It is about once a month. Yeah, if we average it out. Yep. I feel bad too. I liked that Viper. It was the cool one. I predicted it, too. God, did it hit the ground. I would have loved to hear
1: that thump and Oh, that thump was insane. Oh, it was, you, feel, you know, I, of course, I saw it coming. And then once that wing snapped off, I was like, yep, there she goes. He must have killed the engine quick. Cause there was no fireball. No, it, it did catch on fire, though. But oh, it, it was did? more. It, it, the, it mostly, I, he said it caught on fire, and I looked at it. The carbon that was around the, the turbine was definitely charred. But well, I think it was just it? from the intense heat. I don't think it was, really was an actual fire. I think it was just from heat. Uh, there was a little was, bit of smoke, but that was
2: about it. It was probably one of those poof kind of fires where yeah. it's a flame over and then it's gone. Yeah, he got lucky then. Oh, yeah, he got lucky.
0: I'm surprised there hasn't been a motion in the club to change the AGL of the club for him to fly.
2: <laughs> he needs to go even higher.
0: Well, you know, last time he crashed a jet, we had to cut down a tree.
2: You know, I like that
1: tree. Yes. They've all been in the same side of the field. They haven't been anywhere else but that side of the
0: field. Well, it's because they always take off from the far left, but I don't want to go further in this topic.
2: Shaggy's right, though. I think it's because uh, a lot of the guys stand on the far right of the field, and then they don't realize how fast that tree line is coming up, and then they yank, and then stuff explodes.
1: Well, here's the thing. He was higher than the trees when he, when he uh, banked and yanked. Though. He yanked.
2: Casey showed me a video, because I couldn't really see it in yours, and then Casey showed me, like, oh, yeah, yeah, he's going real fast. Yeah, the, uh, I, I bought an Extreme Flight, like 580. I was enjoying the crap out of it. And uh, I did not perform my full wire Nazi of this used plane. And uh, while I removed most of the things I had found and fixed them, I did not look underneath the engine up front where a fuel line was zip-tied to the very sharp engine plate. And over about 10 flights, it chiseled a hole in that sucker, and right in the hover, some of the firewall got cracked up. Like the motor box, not the actual firewall. I'm probably going to repair the plane since it doesn't actually look that
0: bad. You put a crack in the box? Crack in the
2: box, yes. Wait,
1: wait. Are you talking about the new one? Or is this the old pilot? Oh, no, that's the new extreme flight. I already bought a new one. Okay, I, I must be so far behind. You bought an extreme flight, crashed it, and then you bought another one?
0: Yeah. He lives on the RC field, dude. We had no idea what all he's getting out there now. Dude, you are another Probably, digger. No, people are just dumping planes in his side yard.
1: Dude, he's another digger. I mean, no, 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 no. Digger crashes the same exact way. He's another Justin.
0: Well, this is, this wasn't even
2: my doing. I should have looked harder.
0: It's your doing. You own it. Yeah, I should have looked harder.
2: <laughs> I was really burning. I'm like, oh, man, this thing flies really good. I'm like, wow. <laughs> And then I looked inside and saw what it was. I'm like, God damn it.
0: <laughs> How high up above the ground were you when the fuel cut off?
2: Like a foot.
0: How? A foot? Oh, damn, yeah, dude.
2: Like a foot or two. And it was enough that it rolled over and went nose down. And, I'm, <laughs> and, and, and cracked it off. I was like, God damn it. Yep. So that. it is what it is. It's Honestly, even Macaulay says, just go buy the $25 repair kit and have yourself a second airframe.
0: Um, You know, we may have to do what I saw Nick Maxwell put up for a video the other day. Uh. I, I don't know if you saw it, but um, he put a GoPro on his head uh, while he was at I think it was home, yeah. and uh, he put a GoPro on his head he started recording. And then he put a dash of his car and he drives out of the field and then he puts it back on his head and then he, he records his flying, and then he um, he sped up like four hours of getting ready to fly and flying into like four minutes. So This was
2: like when you put a GoPro on your dog's head to see what it does when you're not looking?
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, and uh, he did slow down sections so we could listen to the, uh, the OS-105 on his uh, Nitro Diablo uh, fly. Right. Hey. And then he slowed down a little bit of the hovering he was doing with... Uh, I
2: don't know if he listens to this.
0: No. We might have to tell him.
2: Good. So I'm going to put it in Jabba. It's like, you know what you didn't hear in that video? Hmm. A micro glow beeping when he started his helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah.
0: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm definitely going to have to tell him to listen to this episode. Oh, yes. oh, God.
2: I need to actually finish that. I mean, it's sitting here on the desk. I mean, I've got the board in my hand right now.
1: Yeah. yeah. Dude, you wasted a week at Urcha in my camper working on that damn no, thing. You I took wasted- the
2: resistors off my boards that I was using for my night blades. I'll buy you more. You were going to use those. That's why I asked if you were not going to use them. I was going to use them. I'll buy you more. They were like a... dollar. No, I want a
0: Glow. <laughs> I'll buy you more, bro. <laughs> God,
2: it I do
1: give a crap. They were a dollar, like, for... It works. I don't care.
0: It's not the cost. It's the... <laughs> I can't fly my night blades.
2: <laughs> Since then, I bought more. And then you bought more anyway. I'll just buy a cookout next time. Whatever. There. So, yeah. Microglow. I need to do that. And then make some airplane stuff, because... Apparently, we have other closet plankers in RCLA Hangout.
0: Well, everyone's becoming a closet planker in Hangout because the place is just a Clone Wars.
2: Oh, God. Oh, boy. You know what, though, <laughs> for the record? I think there are more closet plankers in the Italy world than they want to admit. Like how many of these assholes own Twisted Hobbies planes? Let's be honest.
0: Uh, uh, uh... uh, uh
2: Ah, uh, no one's pointing <laughs> a gun at me. I won't admit it. I uh, won't admit it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I might own my second now. You
2: know what the funny thing is? When I took the extreme flight out there and really wing it out, the number of guys behind me, they were like, yeah, that's definitely a heli guy flying an airplane. You can tell. <laughs> you can
1: clearly tell. That's funny.
2: Bikers usually don't do 100-mile-an-hour knife-edge hurricanes.
0: Yes. no. I would I would say it has more to do with, with the with the influence. Hurricanes are a cool maneuver in helis, and they're cool in planes, but most plane guys aren't influenced to do it because, well, they're plane guys, not heli guys. But
2: it sounds cool!
0: Yeah, but, I mean, I haven't seen, like, uh, like flat spins. You know, they're always trying for flat spins. I don't see most heli guys trying for flat spins.
2: Well, a flat spin is just you doing a pyro.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But there's not many heli guys doing it. Although uh, I, I would say it has to do with influence, but I don't care. I will say
2: there's some plane stuff I want to try with my heli.
0: Well, I mean, we don't have to video all of it. As long as you do it in the closet, we don't have to talk about it. Yeah, I mean, well,
2: not that part. We don't put that on YouTube.
0: <laughs>
2: I'm talking about how a lot of times you see a plane guy go into like a, a knife-edged spin, which is real violent. Oh yeah, and then he'll flatten it out at the last minute into a flat spin. And I'm thinking that could look pretty cool with the heli, where it kind of be. Oh, oh, I've done that. I know, I know how to do that, Mike. Like it starts out as a death yeah. spiral, and then it turns into a, a pyro pogo or something. I don't know. Well, no, actually, what you do is, um, I, this is the. It, it's kind of like that, but opposite. You go, you go
1: real high, and you go uh, nose down, or it can be tail down. It don't matter. Uh, you start doing aileron rolls. Then you start adding a little bit of elevator. Then you get to the death spiral. And then at the end, you do a quick uh, rotation of the cyclic. And then you do like a like a half pyro into inverted. Uh, and then Yeah, you, like you something
2: stop like it. that. It'd be kind of fun to, to mix and match some airplane stuff.
0: All I know is I want to see you guys climb while doing knife edge. Like
2: airplane climb?
0: Nope.
2: Climb a helicopter.
0: Heli, I want to see you go heli like a death spiral and climb.
2: Uh, okay. Oh. <laughs> wait, wait, does it have to be perfectly knife-edged the whole time, or can I kind of cheat a little bit?
0: I, it has to look knife edge, bro. It has to
2: look knife edge. Oh, that's basically just, like, tighten
1: up the funnel and just go straight up.
0: Do it.
2: Okay, I've, I've done that. I, I'll do it, too. Yeah. You just need a hell of a lot of horsepower to do it right. If you want to actually go fast and keep it really tight. Horses look- are heavy. You need all the horses, Robert. So many horses. So what else? What we got? I know Shaggy, what's the quick summary, Shaggy? What you, what you been doing last uh, month-ish?
1: This is going to be hard. but
2: um... pick, back like, the top three coolest things, because I left out a bunch of stuff no one cares about.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, starting is I finally got a new job. I know that's not hell-related, but... It's exciting because I get weekends off and evenings off. So, hell yes.
2: You can actually fly now like a normal person.
1: Yes, I actually have consistent schedules and I love this job. Already got, I've been working for two weeks and already got a raise, which is freaking awesome.
2: Good. More healthy shit. Spend it yes. like an irresponsible person.
1: Yes. <laughs> Jeez. Um, so, yeah, th- right after that, literally right after I got the job, uh, went over to uh, Dayton, Oregon for RCHN 6. And there you go,
2: that's cool. What'd you do
1: yes, there? <laughs> I had a lot of fun. Yeah, I hung out with a lot of guys there. I met, met a lot of new people there. And I will say there is a huge difference between the East Coast people and the West Coast people. Didn't see it at first, but close to the end of the event, I definitely saw it. I can go on and on forever for about about this event, but I'm just gonna try to keep it sweet. It is definitely a new breed of people. I really like those people out there. They will I mean a lot of people here will, will, like, give the shirt off their back, but they will, like, rip it off, you know, over there. Like, they will make sure that you have everything you need, and that's what they did.
2: You didn't have to give him a dollar before he did it?
1: Pretty much, yeah, no. I mean, there was one guy, <laughs> like, I needed, um, my pitch slider was, uh, was sticking. It, it, the pitch slider was going bad on my fireball, and a guy just, like, gave me a whole entire tail segment. He like, here, you can have it for the, for the, the weekend as long as, you know, take what you need, see whatever works. And I put it on there, and worked then i crashed it good job and uh had to order the parts and the parts came in in time and and then i had to order two sets so one for me and one for him and i literally reassembled his tail assembly and gave it back to him on that sunday but yeah literally just handed me i didn't see him until the very end so there was definitely a lot of nice people there i like like i said i can go on and on about this but the people there are very nice the scenery is very nice at the last day, uh, Bill Ann was, uh, was there as well. Bill Ann and I were, um, we didn't leave until Monday morning. So all Sunday uh, around noontime, we had basically the whole day. So we ran out of vehicle and basically just did scenery stuff, you know, drove up mountains and went all the way to the West Coast to watch the sunset, which was definitely cool to see. Uh, also, there was a an air and space museum there that's like really close to the field that, that holds the original Spruce Goose. That plane is big. Like, pitchers don't do adjusted. That plane is big.
2: I mean, Howard Hughes was kind of crazy. He was! The plane's big! And to this day, holds the
1: record. So... What else you got? RCHN was a blast. I'm definitely going to try to go back next year. It's... Those people were amazing, and I absolutely love those guys over there. I really want to move out there. It's, it's a nice, nice location. Okay, so after that, I did do uh fall in mowdown. Had a blast out there. It was pretty fun. However, it's kind of like I just got back that Monday from RCHN and then that weekend I had the modown. Down. to be honest, it was kind of disappointing. I, I'm gonna get I'm gonna I know I'm gonna get like slapped from my East Coast people, but West Coast guys were they they know how to really have fun. But it was still a good event. Still really liked it. Uh, did a lot of nice flying. Oh, we even had a got my 12S five hundred flying, which flies freaking awesome. I love it.
2: Does it go 88 miles an hour and light on fire? Uh, 88, yes. Fire,
1: I hope not.
2: Damn. Well, Monty, I'm sorry. We're not going to be able to do the time traveling thing.
0: <laughs> uh, I just finished watching um, Man in the High Castle Season 3. I've got a new idea for us. Oh,
2: we can do that one then. That
0: felt like fun. Metaverse. Uh, one word, metaverse.
1: But yeah. Yeah, screaming at 3,500 RPM. That sucker hauls ass. I guess
2: you metaverse. All helis are cloned, and the real ones are considered fake. <laughs> I love you, Frank.
1: So uh, I'm drawing blanks. But last thing on the list is today. I actually got off of work and uh, stopped by the field for a little bit today. Uh, Monty said he was out there because he was off today somehow. Yeah, government bastards.
0: Uh, and one of ten
1: days. Yep, yep. I, I didn't. I was kind of mad. I didn't bring my heli stuff. To bring with me, which I should have, but I didn't. But no, nope, no, nope, didn't need it because uh, three three different guys were there. You got Joe Diaz, uh, Lamont James, and then of course Monty was there, and each one of them let me fly their, their aircraft. So it's all the government people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Monty let me fly his. Uh, well, it was the F three F three N heli, right?
0: It's the one I formerly used for it, but yeah, it's a little more tuned towards F three C right now.
1: Oh, okay. Okay. I haven't flown that in a while. And you, you, you definitely yeah, the, the I guess the, the flip and roll rates are, or the off on center is definitely definitely makes a difference.
0: Yeah, I've slowed down the off center speed since you last played yeah, so it's, with it, I think in February, March. It was around
1: March, I think, yeah. Uh so it's definitely different. Still like it. Still still rolls really well. CG. And then I flew uh flew a plane, flew a, a low wing, it's like a it's like a like it's like a big stick, but it's uh bottom wing. That, uh, that, plane, that plane flies great. I really liked it's,
2: it. It's that big stick pilot thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. I like yeah, it. I think it flies fun. great. It's cheap too. Yeah, exactly. like $250, $300 for Go the, for buy the one.
0: I mean, is it is it like Friday night at the corner cheap? Yeah, it is. And it's that
1: kind of fun. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it was pretty fun. I actually liked it. You know, takeoffs and landings. Do, you, it do
0: nice. you, just, you just land it and hand somebody some dollar bills to put it away? <laughs> <But he> does,
2: <laughs> you don't even land it. You just hand it to them while they're flying. It's a hot swap. Yeah, it was, yeah. And what's funny is Joe's putting everything away,
1: and he's just like, i oh, just pull it up to the shed when you're done. I was like, okay. I should have just landed in the shed. He's like, here it comes. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> he shares that shed with somebody, <laughs>
1: and they'd be unhappy. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, I le- uh, Lamont let me uh, fly his uh, Logo 550 SX, and I've never flown a logo. You pogoed it, right? I pogoed the logo.
0: No, you have to. No. It's a thing. He did not. He did not pogo the logo. No,
1: but but here's the thing: the the, the uh...
0: it was a perfectly flying helicopter for the pilot who owns it. Exactly.
1: Exactly.
0: Yes. And we gave him we gave him feedback on things to look yes. at. <laughs> so to me,
1: it felt it felt it felt weird. But to what the way he flies, it it's a uh, it, it works. So he doesn't have yeah. it
2: set up crazy. So.
1: No, it's not crazy. No, it's not crazy. It's just, I'm not used to other people's setup. It's like, you know, it's like flying with Rob's heli. It's, it's, I'm not used to that. I wasn't used to it. Like, those things that I know I can do better with my heli because I'm comfortable with my heli. I know his helicopter can fly better, but I'm not comfortable with it. So, because I'm not used to his setup. So, but no, the logo is light. That thing, that thing is very light. I do like it. And... I was kind of curious about flying it too, because uh, so I took up on the I took up on the offer because there's a possibility, slight possibility I might be getting a logo, might be trading, trading the heli for a logo. So I eh, don't know. I'm still kind of iffy. I
0: think you should do it.
1: It's just like it's a spare parts airframe, which I do plan on getting going, but the cost between you know for getting that one going and getting the logo going, it's about the same. So it's kind of like. Do I really want to or no? I've got blades, I've got batteries, I've got a gyro. I don't know. You should do it. Still talking it over. It's a possibility. I don't know. I'm debating about the logo. I might actually give it a shot. And you know, I mean, worst case scenario, I, if I don't like it, then I just trade it for something else. But yeah, that's about what I got. Had had actually, it was a lot of fun. Thank you again, Monty, for uh, let me try out your your heli again.
0: No problem. Uh, I was happy. I was happy. Uh, um. No, I, I think the funny thing was that uh, you were at RCHN in Oregon State, and yes. I was at a I was at a oh, I can't, <laughs> hell Extravaganza yes. in uh, Spartanburg, South Carolina, Woodford at um at a Triple Tree Aerodrome. So you know, yeah, we had a uh, we had events going on opposite sides of the coast, and. Yep. Uh, I think the funniest thing to say about extravaganza was uh, I got out there Friday and I was like, hey, man, where are the hooligans at? And uh, For those of you who don't know, the hooligans is more than just the folks in the podcast. It's a, it's a group of guys in North Carolina. And one of, my, one of my other friends from North Carolina was like, well, you know, they just kind of went through a hurricane. I was like, man, they're the hooligans. The hurricanes don't matter. <laughs>
2: they live in that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that's, the, that's their front door. And-
0: yeah, 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 yeah. The, a lot of guys, they live in that area right there in the Wilmington area, and they, they got a direct hit by the hurricane. So, I was like, but they're the hooligans. A, a hurricane don't stop them. I I, uh, I started flying Friday night, which is actually not Friday. It was Saturday morning. At like, right after midnight, I started flying, and then I stopped around 2, 2.30 a.m. with an eye flying. And uh, I saw an SUV pull in over to a, a friend's camp, and I was like, eh, okay. I woke up... Uh, Saturday morning, and uh, there I saw one of the hooligans, the guy who's actually on uh, representing the hooligans for the Urcha podcast, John Allen. He's out there wandering around with his coffee cup. Uh, I was like, I knew it. Hurricane can't keep the hooligans down. <laughs> Hurricane can't
2: keep the hooligans down.
0: <laughs> um, about the only other funny thing that happened is uh, some of you might follow Facebook, and uh, it was Sunday. We were all standing around in a big old circle of, of us dummies and sunday mornings, just just talking and and you know people are leaving slowly and we decided to troll rc heli hangout so uh i started a post about me trying to learn puro flips and hey what gyro gain setting should i be using and that that post was was an absolute laugh um That post was an absolute laugh. I had people probably within the hour calling me, asking me if I had crashed a heli and text messages about just all sorts of odd questions about me smashing stuff or just confused. Like, what are you doing? And I was just laughing. Everyone around us was laughing because there was a bunch of us in on it.
2: He just wants to see the world burn. That's all.
1: Monty's lost his mind. What the hell? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I've got a I've got a new thing to do and that is just to troll RC Heli Hangout, um, because because of the the thing that sucks about Facebook is it quality content doesn't stay at the top it just gets it pushed down as new stuff gets asked, so it's hard to find anything of value on Facebook.
2: I've done it
0: uh, like a, after it's happened like every
2: time that SpaceX will be doing a rocket launch if I'm not watching their calendar, Facebook will pop yeah. up like. Hey, don't miss this rocket launch tonight. And it'll pop up once it's gotten a lot of attention. And that's usually yes. 20 hours after the launch is done and over with. It's like, oh, that's, Yeah. Thanks, Facebook. I, uh, can we just go back to the chronological order of things? That'd be cool.
0: Yeah, I, I was. Uh, I think it was Saturday night. I opened up my phone. And I was like, hey, Metallica's playing live. I poke it open and like, yep, yeah, here's a live recording of Metallica playing. So, in- two days ago. No, it was live. Oh, it, it was live. Yeah, but uh, no, I didn't find out until 20 minutes in. Oh, yeah. Um, it was like, ugh, okay, Facebook, whatever. Well, it was, but, it was um, still
2: going on. The rocket launch is
0: 20 yeah. hours have passed. Yeah, I didn't hear about the rocket launch until after it happened. It was salty. So yeah nothing against friends and facebook well it's nothing against friends but facebook just doesn't have a good way of keeping good content re- uh, up top and relevant um like like a forum does it's one of the things i still find a lot of people's like oh i'm never on the forums anymore i still help lots of people in the forums still help lots of people in the forums but hey i'm kind of off topic um oh we got well we got anything we got main topic uh starting a heli build so, uh, you know, in the last couple episodes, we've been given lots of tips, and uh, it's kind of time to bring some of those tips together. I don't want to try and build a whole heli in one podcast, so <laughs> I think we've all talked about the fact that we will uh, we will probably piece this together as we go. Out of that, it's getting a build season for some of us, and for some of us uh, warm-weather dicks, uh, yeah, your build season was the middle of summer, so sorry this didn't help you sooner. I'm not sorry.
2: Um, <laughs> Why you wear thinner clothes? Fly at night like normal people where it's not <laughs> so hot. <laughs>
1: either night blades, custom night blades or light towers.
2: That's what I did. I went to Florida to Neil's house. I told him, Neil, hold this spotlight. I'm gonna fly over the canal behind your house and your rich neighbors are gonna hate me. <laughs> Cause it was on it, did it was crazy. I went to a flying field in near Naples. I was outside for thirty minutes. People know me. Know that I, I will tan like a Spanish dude. Quick. I don't usually get burned. I got burned in 20 minutes down there. The sun hate is real.
0: Ah, uh, it's closer to the equator.
2: Yeah, oh, dude, it's, it's tropical. It's damn close. Yeah. I just wasn't expecting it to be that kind of next level hate.
0: Yeah, reminds me. I should probably take some good stuff with me for my trip to Florida at the end of this month. Yes, highly recommend some
2: serious sunscreen. Yeah. And crazy hat. Bring your crazy straw hat.
0: Yeah, I've been thinking about switching to a more straw hat, but I don't know. I need to get one. They're
2: awesome. I don't care if people say I look silly. Screw you. My ears will not be cancer-free in 20 years. Exactly.
0: Yeah, I won't have to have them hacked off, or they won't melt into the side of my head. You know what sucks? Like?
2: Having black hair.
0: Yeah? Yeah. You can just drive it off like me. I should. I should just do that. And then your scalp burns, but you can put stuff on it.
2: <laughs> I don't know if the... Mr. Clean uh, look would do it for me,
0: though. I mean, I don't... I I think I'm... Two or three millimeters, the height of my hair. Yeah, you
2: don't buzz yourself, buzz yourself.
0: No, no, no.
1: Mm, just have your hair like mine. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> It'll go eventually.
2: Mm-hmm. I'll,
1: I'll, I'll hack it off.
0: I'm pretty sure about the time you get but by the time you actually get a full-on, like, uh, actual, like, professional-looking haircut about the time you start dating.
2: It's on...
0: Damn. Damn. so start the heli build um, pour
2: all the parts under a shag carpet and use a vacuum
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh damn where did that thing go vacuum there it Pull is your entire catch a bottle of loctite
2: into the box <laughs>
0: hey don't forget the epoxy uh
2: 4070 yeah make sure you use 4070.
0: Nah, it's too quick. I want 24-hour curing stuff. I want to try and pull it out of the epoxy and have little strings of epoxies that pull parts out.
2: You know, it does set quick, but I have learned that if you're on aluminum to aluminum, it is a two-second set time for sure. I tested that. It's crazy. But on something like a, a boom support, if you've already got everything lined up, ready to go, if you squirt that into the cup and slam the stick in, dude, it works awesome. And it's strong. It is stupid strong.
0: Yeah, forty seventy is the real deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, um, it's just a little expensive. We talked about that in the last show, uh, Depaulo. Yeah, yeah, you weren't there.
2: I need to give you guys part numbers for the mixing nozzles and where to get forty seventy where it does not cost twenty dollars a pack.
0: I think I have enough douche nozzles in my life already. You
2: need more because these are the kind that help you. (laughs) Those are the douche nozzles. Just get stuck in places you don't want them. (laughs) So starting a heli build
0: So, uh, you know, one of the things that come up in discussion amongst us all is we don't want to go back through a a heli, uh, you know, build manual like you you don't get from all the manufacturers Damn near everyone these days is actually putting out a very decent build manual that will get you, that will get the helicopter together I think some of this is things that you will see in some manuals, won't see in others, and things just kind of stick with you over time I know when I open up many of my many of my builds, you know, one of the first things I'll do is actually start opening up all the carbon fiber parts because um, I can't lose them. Like like uh, bolts, I will try and keep together with the assembly they belong to because you can you can get the wrong length bolt in the spot yep. and then be there later and go like, where is that you know long bolt I was looking for? Or hey, this bolt's too short. And then you got to go back through all your previous assemblies.
1: Start checking your bolts. All, and also, sometimes the, sometimes the, you know, the manuals sometimes can be very detailed. But sometimes they won't even tell you the size screw. It will show an image of a screw. It's like, well, I don't know, is this the long one or is it the short one? Well, I've got a M six and an M eight. Kind of looks like the M eight, but it might be the M six. I don't know.
0: Yeah. So, uh, you know, one of the first things I'll do is I'll, I'll get open all the carbon fiber bits because you can't really mix them up. They don't have many duplicates, and if they are a duplicate, then it's not that hard to deal with. But, yeah, I'll open up all the carbon fiber, and I'll actually take it to my sink and wet-dry sand the edges. You know, DePaul and I were discussing this a little bit, and he was like, ah, I just sand the spots I know, and he sand, and my response to him was, uh, what was it, Mike?
2: Well, you don't always know where you're going to do it
0: yeah yeah i don't know where wires are gonna run um some airframes i do you know like the second e5 build i've done uh you know i knew where i was gonna run wires so selective spots were sanded but you don't always know
2: some frames are better than others and it's not even a brand thing it's sometimes it's a batch thing
0: yes Starboard fiber uh really
2: tears up the bits even when you're using high carbon tool steel it really is an abrasive substance so sometimes you might get a frame that came that was the start of a Thursday morning, and it's a fresh bit, and you might be getting the one that's on a Friday afternoon, and the guy's like, you know, I really don't feel like opening this collet, so we're just going to send it.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, it's nothing to do with the brand so much as, you know, the bit may be worn or not worn, or the cut may have been interrupted, and they got to start into it. So
2: Take a piece of sandpaper and wash it off when you're done.
0: Yep. No, I do it right there in the sink, just – Use some sandpaper, different grit, and get it nice and smooth and, you know, then clean it up. I'll use a sponge to clean it up, clean all the carbon fiber dust off of it. Do it wet. Yeah. Wet keeps it out of the air. Wet keeps out of the air and keeps, keeps... Cancer
2: dust is bad. Cancer dust
0: is bad. <laughs> uh, the other thing that's sometimes worth doing at that point is if you got to put together, like, rudder control rods or uh, boom supports, um, definitely also a good time to break those out and sand them and set them to the side and let them dry up. Definitely. Yep. Um, after that, it really kind of depends when you start getting your hardware how your how that manufacturer decides to put the kit together. You know, bag it up and give it to you. Uh, for example, Synergy actually preassembles almost everything so that you know how it should go back together because you have to take it apart in order to add Loctite. Um, so I'll disassemble a, a like a tail control or not tail control. But, um, the uh, tail case through, you know, the tail case, in the very right back of the heli, I'll take it out of the packaging and start taking it all apart, put the bolts aside. I'll send the bolts through my ultrasonic cleaner and the acetone. Like we've talked about in almost every episode previous to this. i hey to buy one of those. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll send the, I'll send the aluminum through as well. Uh, I've made it a point not to pull bearings out. I won't pull bearings out of a, out of a side plate. If they're already put into it, I'll just check them.
1: Of course. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah, because if you pull them out of the side frame, you're likely to uh, ruin the bearing because they don't let you have a whole side of the bearing to to basically push it out. The only thing you see is the ID of the bearing. The moment you take a press to push in the ID of a bearing, you've pretty much toasted it. Yep, you gone. You're gone. So yeah, don't bother pulling that out. But I'll clean it. I'll clean that stuff up by hand if it needs it. Yeah, so I start cleaning up the hardware and then bolts and everything. The next part uh, I do on the clean hardware or all the cleaned up hardware once I'm ready to back-assembly again, I'll do a dry assembly without Loctite. And so things I'll look for is if you're if you're doing, like, tailcases or transmissions or something, so I'll look for shimming. I'll get it all assembled and tightened like I would for a final build, and I'll see if it's still smooth. Um, if it isn't smooth, I'll start playing with the bolts and, you know, find where... Find where uh, the tension is coming in that's causing it not to be smooth. And you know, we add shims or you know, look at it, and determine does it need shims, does it, you know, is it the wrong bolt or something? You know, just work it out. Uh, after I finally figured out the full assembly of it, I will uh, go ahead and assemble a Loctite. Also, remember, use the good Loctite, yep. don't buy the cheap brands, nope. uh, the, the, don't buy the clones. Oh, <laughs> <my laughs> gosh.
1: Oh, that, that's going to be the, t- the word of the day.
0: Eh, don't buy the clone. Don't buy the clone stuff. It, does, uh, it doesn't work all that great. You know, next one on here is frame alignment. And this one's kind of interesting. Because um, part of the note here is perfect is the enemy of good.
2: <laughs> no one to chill out tolerances are a thing.
0: Yeah, I've gotten I've gotten frames aligned so well that the main shaft will drop right through. Oh yeah, straight through. And then what the problem becomes after I've flown the model for three months or six months or twelve months and not how to pull a shaft is I'll take it out and the shaft has grooves in it from the bearings. The shaft spun in the bearings. There was no load on the bearings. So, then that puts you into this next, you know, rabbit hole where you apply a little dot of loctite onto the shaft of the bearing in order to stop the bearing from not... In order to stop the shaft from spinning in the bearing. It's a rabbit hole. Next thing you know, when you go to pull that main shaft out, you're pulling bearings out with it. Man, this rabbit hole keeps getting deeper. <laughs> Perfect can be the enemy of good here. If if you have it good and it drops in a place and it's not hugely out of alignment, your bearings have a small load on them. You'll never spin a shaft in those bearings, and everything will be well. Anyone got anything to add to that? Not
2: really. Yeah,
1: I'm I'm kind of. What do you mean by spinning the shaft? The spinning spinning the shaft in the
0: bearings. The bearing the 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 preload of the shaft on the bearing doesn't exist. So when the shaft spins, the bearing does not and if there's enough spinning the bearing will start to uh, remove material from the shaft and so after so much time you'll pull that shaft out and you'll find that there is a thousandth of an inch of of the shaft has been has been removed you following up mm,
2: yeah
1: Bearing's not moving. You're not, you're not talking about the bearing spinning in the in the in the in the plate. You're talking about like the shaft spinning and the bearing not moving at all. Correct. Hmm, yep. I don't think I've ever experienced that, honestly.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh perfect is the enemy of good. <laughs> um you know, so usually like if I'm doing Frame alignment, I'll find a flat surface. And I've sat there and played with this to the point that I'm using uh, a torque wrench to torque each individual bolt on each side to apply torque to get, to get it just right. And in the end, the experience I ended up with is, yeah, it was perfectly aligned. So perfect that the shaft spun and the bearing didn't. And it just eats into the shaft after, you know, six months of flying. Uh,
2: you mean the shaft never actually uses the bearing surface? It just spins in
0: yep. metal on metal. Yeah, I got you. Metal on metal. Yep. Um, I more commonly see this on motor, a motor, on motor shafts. Um, I think you guys have probably seen it on like the pinion support. Oh
2: yeah.
0: That's the one that I commonly see. Oh it yeah.
2: On. Like if there's not enough of a, a lateral load, it won't really engage the bearing just by pressure, and it'll spin in the bearing.
0: Yep, and then you find you have to buy. You, know, you go to do bearing replacement on your motor, or you'll pull the motor out, and you'll see this really bad wear on it, and you're like, "Damn!" Yeah. So you end up doing a bearing and shaft replacement. It doesn't take
2: a lot of lockdown, just the tiniest speck of something like six forty three or six oh eight is really all it
0: takes. i I just use a little dot of red, yeah. just two six three, because it's it. still eleven hundred psi. will do
2: it. All you just need is to keep it attached. So, Yep. don't go crazy like the motor i just had to disassemble the the 40 twin for the plane and uh i had to use a bearing puller to push the bearings out and there was a very audible pop when the loctite holding the bearing broke and the entire trailer started smelling like loctite and i'm like wow guys (laughs) this is a press this is unnecessary yeah. Uh, props to them for actually being a, a company that went through that level of build detail. I was impressed.
1: Yeah. Like, ain't nobody getting this bitch apart.
2: Yeah, at least a <laughs> big bearing puller. I'm probably going to be getting it back in. Is
1: that why you went to Harbor
0: Freight? Yes, that's why he went to Harbor Freight. Oh, I
1: want to get one of those now.
0: Next one I'm going to go with is Gear Mesh. Um, I'll have to find it in the show notes. Oh,
1: boy. This is... Uh... <laughs> Monte has been bugging the crap out of me with this, and to the point where I have nightmares.
0: Don't worry, I have a person who gives me nightmares over this. Yes, I know. Um... It was interesting. I didn't think much about gear gear mesh years ago. And this isn't the standard gear mesh of like pinion to main main gear. This is more like a gear mesh you have in in your transmission or your tail case. Um, I'll have to post up the link to the video. I'll have to go find it. But years ago, Nick Maxwell actually did a a video on this and showed it because the uh, Thunder Tiger kits... Um, used to come with shims to, to shim up their transmission as you built it. And uh, there it basically is the correct way you should shim your tra- you know, the gear should be shimmed together and that and when you have that, you know, your A and B gear together so that they're not overlapping each other and they're engaged as engaging each other as as optimally as they can without running into each other really bad. Like it's it's one thing when you think about it for like um mm, it's one thing like your car door is is lined up and closes perfectly. It's another one it isn't lined up and you slam it and and you feel it hitting everything else before it hits the hits the jam and locks. <laughs> when you, when your gears aren't meshed properly, you're just killing you're just killing the gears. Um, but they're also the other part of this is pinion to um pinion to man gears. Uh, on straight cut, on straight cut gears, you know, most of us are very familiar with meshing those, uh, you know, you use like the little plastic bag or a piece of paper trick. Yep. Paper trick. Um, Yep. Paper trick. Or as I like to do, I will put it together and I'll sit there and walk the whole gear, look for the high spot and mesh to the high spot. That's where
1: I'm having nightmares from. (laughs) (laughs) Every tooth of 145 tooth gear. (laughs) <laughs> then you get to the goblins has in two, sp- two you got the two speed transmission.
2: It's like oh my gosh! You don't need to be that crazy with it. Just look for tight spots. Yeah,
0: look for tight spots.
1: However, the the upside on the goblins is for most of their gear meshing is very it, – It's like already self lined. Some of it, not all, but yeah, yeah.
0: The helicals, which is what most of us have, it's a slant, it's a slant cut gear. Uh, it's still the same thing. I look for the high spot. Um, nothing nothing too crazy there. The interesting one was when I learned to mesh herringbone. Um, the only real common manufacturer left of herringbone is Logo, Mikado. He's Mikado. Yeah. Uh, Thunder Tiger was doing it. The interesting thing is Thunder Tiger was not doing a Delrin machined gear. They were doing a plastic molded gear. And this is where this is where it can be interesting in that when you're when when we, when we were meshing when we were meshing molded plastic and specifically that herringbone gear we were meshing to the low spot, and then we were using silicone grease like a diver would use on O-rings to uh, to, to cool the gear down a little bit and just let it let it run in. Let it let it let it wear into spot, and so because what happens if you if you meshed on that herringbone to the high spot with that plastic molded gear the first time you really applied power to it the pinion would run over top of the of the main gear and your day would be over you you wouldn't day would be over but you messed up your gear um, you'd have to put new gear in um, for the Delrin gears though no, it's still still going for the high spot. So Delrin's a machine the material it doesn't wear in <laughs> you know if you ever think that hey I'm gonna mesh these gears I'm gonna let them wear in guess what they don't wear in mesh them properly any thoughts to add?
1: no um
0: I'll have, to draw, I'll have to draw a picture or something for how to for, for the mesh you expect to see and link up to, like, Nick going over for A&B gears and transmission and tail case.
1: Well, you know, um, one, one – you know, like, you meant – let's just – I'm just going to say it real quick here. The the whole paper trick thing, you know, for those people who don't understand what the paper trick is, uh, it's basically you just pull out a little piece of paper. It could be receipt paper. It could be – paper. Every, yeah, thin. Like, like, I wouldn't do tissue paper, but, like, like receipt paper. Get, get, get an old receipt and rip it down to a thin line and put it in between, you know, the two gears and then just run it right through. What you want to see is you want to see a perfect, like, staircase. You don't, if you see any, um, you want to see perfect, like, crimps, but if you see any tears, it's too tight. If it's kind of more rounded edges, it's too loose. You want to, you want to tighten the gears up more until you get that perfect crimped on each, on each, um, each fold.
2: Yeah. Without getting into technical details. I usually just set mine up so it's the tiniest bit of lash. Like yeah. you, hold, you hold both gears and you can hear a tiny tick noise and you can see light between them, I usually just go with that. Yeah. I mean, you can yeah. get a lot fancier. You, know, you can pull out a dial indicator and then start worrying about how many my, you know, how many thousandths of an inch of lash you have. And you got to do that for you know, like automobiles and full-size aircraft, but you're also talking about hundreds of pounds of, pounds of force then.
0: I know for for like the synergy helis I've gotten the lash well when it makes a nice continuous sound when it spins right if you hear it whining like you hear it doing like a a whining sound that like one revolution you hear two you hear like four tones yeah too much uh, you know too high spots, too low spots, you've gotten it meshed too tightly.
1: Yeah. yeah. If
0: you, if it sounds just like one, it just spools up. If it just makes one tone, it completes a spool up. It's usually good. That doesn't hold true to all models. So oh, much. no.
1: Oh, no. You you know, you're, it's Back to what you were saying about trying to find the high spot. Basically, what you're doing is you're just going through. Uh, so, you have the motor attached to it and you're just kind of moving – Moving the, the main gear one tooth at a time and trying to check the lash, you know, move, move back and forth, see how much play there is. And then you're trying to find where, uh, you're trying to see how evil, e- how equal they are until you find one that's a little too stiff. And you want to make sure that one right there is not too tight. You want to make sure there's enough, it could be snug, it, it, it could be a little snug, but you want, a little, you want to have a little bit of play, not too much, but you want a little bit of play on that because then the rest of them are going to be, um, just, you know, just about just right or so. Yep. Then you know. You, then you know you've got a perfect mesh because now that the tightest spot is not too tight, where it's going to you know constantly you know create this clicking noise or whatever.
0: Yep. Um, I think we've gone over this enough. <laughs> uh, linkage, yeah, linkage smoothness.
1: Oh, this is another one that keeps me up all night. <laughs>
0: You know, the big point I have here is smoothness at various temperatures. Depending upon the mix of plastic the manufacturers used really will control how, how well it goes through temperature changes. Um, for example, if you – Synergy, he – Matt has made them a little bit tight so that you need to size them. Well, the thing is, is you, you need to size in – that, in that item, you need to size them for your normal temperature. Um, So, if you size a set of links for 20 degrees Fahrenheit, you know, temperature outside, you may find that those links are a little too loose for summertime flying. Way too loose. Or if you size your links in 100 degree or 90 degree, you know, summertime weather, you may find those links are too tight during the wintertime.
1: And then you start getting a lot of uh, vibration – or not vibration, but oscillations like that overcorrection. Yes,
0: Yep, linkage. Having links that are too tight can show itself as oscillation in the tail. It, sh- it can show up as wag. That's why time after time people come at me with my tail is always wagged. I don't go to gyro settings. I go to mechanics right. first.
1: And actually, let me cut in real quick here. That problem that I was having with my fireball with a pitch lighter. That's what it was doing. The yeah. pitch lighter was too tight, and I was getting this weird wag, and I never had it before. I knew it was something mechanical. And I was thinking it might have been the tail shaft, but it looked smooth. It was actually the pitch slider. It was causing this bind. So the servo, or the gyro was causing the servo to overcorrect and undercorrect and overcorrect. And it just started creating this, this, this vibration or this wag.
0: Yep, yep, yep. Um, really, the only thing I can say about your linkage is um, you may find that inside your house, like inside my house downstairs, it's, it's like 70 degrees. I would not say this is my normal flying temperature. This is actually a little low for my summertime flying where I get most of my flying in. So, um, it's not unusual for me to size them in my house. But then when I get out to the field and I let the heli get warm, I will pop linkages and I will actually size them up a bit and then pop them back on the heli and feel them out. Uh, There's been times when DePaulo and I have sat there and sized links, you know, at the end of a day when it's still 85, 90 degrees out and the sun's gone down. And we're sizing links up so that they're <laughs> good. Finally, um, which also runs into kind of what you're talking about, uh, Shaggy, about tail smoothness. Um, uh, you know, I will I will make sure to you know as you assemble, like you preassemble all these items. I'll check out how t- uh, smooth the tail output is. You know, is the is the slider running smoothly on the shaft? Um, do the uh, do the links on the slider do they rotate their their whole range of motion smoothly um, and then you have your your 90 degree arm on the underside of your tail case does it rotate smoothly? Uh, you know, I'll check every one of those to make sure they're rotating smoothly so that my maiden is just that much more successful because that part is, you know, individually they are smooth. And as I start assembling, I'll check to make sure they continue to be smooth. That way, if I, if I assemble a part, all of a sudden it's not smooth. I, I know that I bound something up on that last step. And it's usually that part I just had to, you know, just tightened on and I can work that out. One of the checks in RC Nation, they had this on their podcast years ago, was to uh, pop the, uh, Pop the tail control off at the tail servo.
1: Oh, I remember And then this. hold
0: the heli straight up and do the drop test where you, you drop it a bit and then abruptly stop and see if the whole thing moves or if your tail rudder control rod and little tail assembly stays in place. That's a really good sign. It's too tight.
1: Yeah, especially if it, and also especially if it moves and then stops halfway, then you yeah. got a rough spot somewhere. It yep. could be just a little bit of extra grease on the on, on the on the shaft that's just causing the stick, or it could be in my case, my slider. Uh, I don't know why, but some for some reason the slider was was catching on on the shaft, so it would only go about like halfway and then you know just stop. But then if you push it a bit further, then it'll go all the way fine.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, that was
1: a good, that's that's a trick that I still use today since I've heard that from their show.
0: Yep. No, it was it was great to hear that one. And I, I really, um, it, you know, some fly barless systems are bothered more by the lack of smoothness than others. But just because one fly bar is maybe bothered more by it than others doesn't mean you, you should run a rough tail. <laughs> um you know, run, run the run the tail smooth. It should be smooth. You should have a smooth running bird. It'll sound better, last better, won't won't mark things up as much. Uh last one, and I think we'll be done on this for the night. Grease, <laughs> grease, Kent So I'm gonna go with grease for now. Um, I'm actually. Gonna, I'm actually gonna start feeling. I'm gonna order some stuff and I'm gonna start playing around with a few different greases. But um, big thing, I've, I, I, Mike and I have experienced it. Mike, you, you remember? You remember a friendly doctor Ben saying, "Does it got Teflon in it?" Yeah. I finally ran into a little more in the story. Apparently, years ago, uh, Ron Lund had picked up some really fancy grease. And back when the guys were still greaser stuff, uh, any of you guys remember the greaser? Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the greaser, a great way of getting entirely too much grease into your bearings. <laughs> yeah, that thing. So, what the guys found out then is that when they were using grease that had uh, Teflon in it, PTFE, or I don't even want to say its actual chemical name. The way the chemicals mixed is the Teflon seems to have very big bits in it, and so it was getting stuck in the bearings. All the guys refining are finding in bearings the size we run, they it um, starts to feel like there's sand in the bearings. So it's a big thing about uh, don't use, you know, if you start running into the people, like, don't use grease with Teflon in it. If you look around, there's a lot of greases around our hobby, and, you know, some of the nicer ones, you'll notice that they don't have, you know, Teflon as an ingredient. Um, so when you sit down to assemble your helicopter, get a grease that doesn't have Teflon in it. As for oils, uh, I do oil the, the helicopter a bit. I'm actually gonna start looking for some other oils because I usually use a uh, Triflow and Triflow does have Teflon in it. I was gonna take that bit of it out, but um you know I, I'm gonna look for some other oil that doesn't have that in it. It's also
2: it's a very fine very fine concentration though yeah. that matters. Like heavier greases usually have larger chunks of it, or grittier.
1: Now here's yep. the thing though. Do you grease your bearings? Me? No. Any of you guys?
0: Nope.
1: Nope. Nope. I don't either. Why? Why shouldn't we grease our bearings? What's what? What? Why? Everybody says the that you should do it. You know, to keep everything things you know, lubed up. Why is the main reason why you why you shouldn't uh, lube up your bearings? And that 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 can be that can be that can be uh, ten different answers right there. But uh, the main thing is. You're going to, especially if you use like a fine, a fine oil like uh, Triflow or anything like that, it's going to dilute the 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 grease that's already in the bearing and just spit it right back out. And then you're you're pretty much forced to lube up your bearings like every couple flights because you just yep. you just diluted all that grease that was packed into the bearing and you just flushed it away.
0: So you're kind of faced with, yeah, exactly your point, uh, Shaggy. You're kind of faced with um, some decisions like motor bearings. They say to oil them. They do have grease in them. So at what point do you start oiling them? And once you start oiling them, you have to continue oiling them. Yeah, so if you put if you if you get some oil and you drop it in your bearings, you know, you drop it in your bearings. Well, at that point, you just started washing or thinning out the grease that's already in there. So from that point forward, you have to continue oiling them, you know, like once a day, or if you're flying truly a lot, maybe you need to do a little more. Um, I'm kind of of the camp that uh, once the grease is pretty much wore out of them, I just replace the bearing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, of course. I don't really care to sit there and oil every single bearing every morning. I start flying. I do have friends who will do that. They will. <laughs> they'll put a drop. Of, they'll put a drop of oil in a bearing pretty much every day they're going to fly. I don't do that yet.
1: There's nothing wrong with that, but but there's it's just that other that that other thing you have to do that other pre flight check. That do you really want to do that when it's already greased up? And do you really want to? They have to lube it up every time.
0: Well, it, it really comes down to it. Really comes down to your decision if if you want to continue doing that every flight or not. And realize if you don't oil your bearings, then uh, once the grease is gone, you need to be replacing the bearing.
1: <laughs> it's going to get
0: greasy. You need to be replacing the bearing because it's going to it's it's not far from failing. Yeah. And if you let it go past the normal failure point, it's going to start introducing vibration in the model, and then you're going to start wondering about oscillations or whatever. It be and Uh, oscillations or wags and and you're gonna have to go chase down some bearings that may be bad in the
1: model. (laughs) Or worst case scenario the bearing
0: explodes. (laughs) it's always fun when they do. Oh
1: gosh. Um, It's even worse when it it happens in your engine and your engine starts grinding randomly and you take it apart and everything is all chewed up. Yeah. That's never fun. No
0: that really ruins me the last part of don't bother ceramic bearings. Yes. Oh yes. But I'm not going to go any more detail on that one. That's a
1: whole other topic for a whole other day, for a whole, for yeah. a whole
0: another show. Uh, close out. Anyone got anything for closeout?
2: Uh not really. No. Nope. Time to go to bed. Good night. Yeah, i just need
0: to go sleep. <laughs> That's
1: okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess uh, next thing is events.
0: Yeah. Uh. So this weekend, the 12th, 13th, and 14th, I want to say, is Lower Fest in uh, North Carolina.
2: Lower. Uh. What is the uh?
0: Hurricane, there is a hurricane incoming on the east coast uh, apparently it's
1: my name everybody's everybody's yelling at me it's like don't yell at me <laughs> uh
0: the weekend after that 1920 uh is um and i think i just sent the flyer out it is an event in goldsboro north carolina uh heli event i'm planning to go there um The event is the Wayne Miniature Fall Heli Hangout. Yeah, October 20 and 21. Um, So, yeah, Saturday, Sunday, Saturday, Sunday uh, at Goldsboro. Yeah, you can find that one on uh, Uh, waynearrow.com. I'm not sure if it's sanctioned or not. The odd thing right now for us CDs is in order to get an event sanctioned, we have no automated system. We have to reach out to... uh, our representative in our AMA district to get an event sanctioned is kind of a pain in the butt so there's not a lot of events actually sanctioned right now <laughs> after that i'm planning to head down to an event in florida for a contest at riverview florida um for a contest and that's on the 26th uh, or i think it's 27th and 28th yeah, uh, hopefully the podcast will be out before then. We can give you more news on things and post to our calendar. So don't forget, guys, on the Facebook page, you can find a link to our calendar of events that we were told about. Um, and then after that, November, should be around Veterans Day weekend, our CHO is having their annual heli event. What else you guys got? Uh, nothing. Well, thank you all for listening. And uh, see you on the field and have a great one. Talk to you later. Thanks.
1: Later. All right. Bye, everyone. Go lower. So, Mike.
2: <laughs>
1: what the hell is that? <laughs> no! Turn that off of there! There are my show notes! You know, someone spent a lot of time doing that shit. Shut the f up! Monty!
0: What?
2: Oh, no, don't you. do it! I've got something for you!
0: Huh. No!
2: <laughs> <laughs> Come on, why is it smiling
1: in the table? Smiling, <laughs> That's good, don't lie.
0: <laughs> and next time, I want you to type it all up so we can hear every key click.
2: <laughs> oh God! Didn't like that one. Here's this one.
0: Why is it Casey always have videos of Digger yanking?
1: <laughs> it was actually someone else that recorded it, and uh, <laughs> sent, basically sent the video to everyone. I got the video.
0: DePaulo got it. Shaggy didn't. Oh
1: dang it! Ah. All right, all right. As soon as so, I heard Mike laughing, I'm thinking yeah. this is not what I'm thinking so anyway. is.
0: So I always wonder when people say it hauls ass. I mean, what kind of measurement do you? What, what's your metric? What's your measurement for how a much ass, ass it hauls? Or an SAE ass? Or is it a
2: short <laughs> ass or a you know a long ass? You know, because these are all real things.
0: Yeah, don't forget bubbly or flat ass. Ah, oh, jeez. Yeah, it's like how metric short tons are a thing, yeah. You know? So. Uh, don't don't forget Connex containers. Oh,
2: you're right, because that's like 1.5 uh, shit tons. Yes. <laughs> My uh, I was stuck in a yep. car for a long time. There was a lot of discussion about fictitious scales and weights that could be a thing. Like wow. a bag of dicks. Yeah. How many bag of dicks is there to a Connex of dicks? <laughs> these are real questions with new answers and they need to be answered
0: i still need to find some people who've got the equipment that they can lift a conics container so it can fill it full of dicks and put it in front of someone's front door so they open their front door a conics container of dicks just pops through the front you door you spring
2: load that sucker too you want to make an entrance
0: yeah i i want, want that shit to plow all the way through their front door and out the back
2: i want someone <laughs> to know that they have earned my ire to the point where I will spend $50,000 on fake wangs and go buy a $3,000 connex, and then spend $1,000 to bring it to their house. <laughs> that is the kind of anger they have caused me. Yeah, you really got to get that across to somebody.
0: Yeah, maybe we should wait for them to have a flood and then see if they stay home. And if they do, we can just float that thing up to their front door.
2: <laughs> I won't have to pay the tow truck guy then, but I don't think they'll ever come back to their house. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: What's uh, that have to do with? Oh gosh, guys! A dick barge,
2: yes! A dick barge.
1: That's going to be Robert's new uh, fuselage for his F three C heli.
2: Hold on, if a f- Damn it, we're getting off topic here, but this is going to be good. So, hold on—is it's, uh, it's the Pacific Ocean southwest of it? I think where there's a giant trash island. No, uh, yeah,
0: the trash island. What about it?
2: If you released 100,000 dildos, would they all end up there and you'd have a giant trash island of dildos?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we have to do it from Japan. <laughs> or Mexico or something. I don't know. I've heard rumors about where the trash is coming from.
2: I think we should go to the land of tentacle porn because they know what's up.
1: Can I finish?
0: Nope. Yeah. <laughs> you <finish. laughs> you can finish you can finish when you're oh and I'm not going no, please not. don't go in there
2: please finish Shaggy what's up
0: hey I found some sage advice on Facebook yeah go for you it you wanna hear it a wife is like a hand grenade remove the ring and your house is gone oh
2: damn that's messed up <laughs> what the hell
0: you can say goodbye Shaggy why
1: why is it lagging <laughs> stop lagging
0: we lost Shaggy. Oh, there we go. I'm back. Okay, say goodbye, Shaggy.
1: Oh, oh, we're done. What about what about what about the uh, fall po- the November RCHO event? Yep, mentioned it. Oh, damn. <laughs> yep, should be Veterans
0: Day weekend.